Good morning, good people. My name is Nicole Donnell, and I'm your host of the Black Girl Budget Podcast. The Black Girl Budget Podcast has an international audience with listeners from South Africa, Malawi, Eswatini, Slovenia, and the Virgin Islands, to name a few. Welcome to Season 3, which is all about the financial tools we need to budget for today and tomorrow. If you're just joining us in Season 3, we've had amazing collaborations and discussions about high-yield savings accounts, retirement accounts, and insurance. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when a new episode drops. With nearly 24,000 downloads, the Black Girl Budget Podcast is on Amazon, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Before we even get into today's episode, I am so excited to tell y'all about the Black Girl Budget website. The website received a whole new makeover. So when you go to the website, you'll see the homepage has a subscribe now button where you can subscribe to the BGB newsletter. The newsletter is free, but the BGB community now has the option of subscribing to the premium newsletter. I know y'all are like, Nikki, what's the difference between the regular newsletter and the premium newsletter? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. The newsletter is sent to subscribers on the first of the month, and it comes with three monthly budgeting tips, budget-friendly activities for you to enjoy, and a summary of industry news. That's the regular newsletter. By the way, We have over 1,100 subscribers to the newsletter, and it's literally growing every single day. As a matter of fact, the July newsletter went out yesterday morning, and it has a summary of the Biden administration's recent announcement that it's forgiving $6 billion in student loans. There's also a summary of the settlement with Navient for $1.85 billion for alleged fraudulent practices and deception. It's never too late to sign up and receive July's newsletter. When you do sign up, you should immediately get July's newsletter. If not, send me an email. Let me know. Now, the premium newsletter offers five monthly budgeting tips, a summary of industry news, early access to BGB products, member-only content, and member-only events. The premium newsletter is $6.99 a month, and you'll get your own login portal to access the member-only content and events. You can subscribe to that anytime. And when you go to the website, you can see the differences side by side, so you can compare which newsletter do I want to be a part of. But you got to pick one of them. So (laughs) check that out today. Now, I'm also offering services. I've had so many people ask me for one-on-one help, and I'm very excited to work directly with you guys. While general finance advice, knowledge, and recommendations can be very helpful, sometimes we need that one-on-one time to focus on our specific situation because there are so many different factors. If you have a budget but lack maybe the financial strategy or organization, I can also review your budget and offer recommendations. If you don't have a budget whatsoever and you're out here winging it, (laughs) I can create a budget for you and we'll go over your goals in order to create a strategy that's tailored just toward your budget. I know y'all are going to go to the website, so let's just get into today's episode. Now, today's tool is something I talk about all of the time. Everyone should have one. Today, we're talking about emergency funds. I talk about these a lot, and even though some of us have them, are we using them right is the question. So what is an emergency fund? It's an amount of money that you own put aside specifically for emergencies and is not used for investments, maintenance, personal spending, or everyday expenses. Let me say it again. It's an amount of money that you own 
put aside specifically for emergencies and is not used for investments, maintenance, personal spending, or everyday expenses. I'm creating this definition intentionally. So let's break it down. We're going to start with, quote, it's an amount of money. I've heard people say it's an account or it's savings, etc. There's nothing wrong with saying that, but for my people who don't have bank accounts, I want this definition to apply to you too. I encourage everyone to have a high yield savings account, but I also recognize that not everyone is in a position to open bank accounts for a number of reasons. So when it comes to calling it a savings account, it's not wrong, but it's not right. (laughs) So what's the difference between a savings and emergency fund? With your savings, you are specifically saving money for something, hence the name savings. And I harp on this a lot because we will use things as what we call them. So for example, I, I asked the client, hey, do you have an emergency fund? She said, yes. This is during a budget review. She says, yes. Now, this client was also in the process of buying a house. So I asked her, how much is in your savings for the down payment? And she said it was mixed in with her emergency fund. She's like, yeah, my savings, emergency fund, you know, same difference. They're all mixed in. Now, after some more questions, she realized that she didn't actually have an emergency fund. What she had was a savings for a down payment. So when you're co-mingling your emergency fund with money that you're specifically saving for something like a house, a car, vacation, college, some point it's all going to end up being one thing, savings. Oh, this is my savings for a vacation. This is my savings for my kids' college tuition, right? You need to separate these things, right? I cannot stress this enough. You should not have your emergency fund in the same account as something that you are saving for. Those are two totally different things. Now, in this definition, I also say this is an amount of money that you own. And I'm saying that because your credit card is not your emergency fund. Please hear me when I say this. Your credit card is not your emergency fund. And I'm talking specifically about people who do not have a cash reserve whatsoever and are literally depending on their credit card for emergencies. Credit cards have what? Interest rates. No one should have to pay interest on their emergencies. So why would we want to purposefully rely on them, credit cards, for emergencies? And I also, I'm not talking about the people who pay for the emergency on their credit card and then immediately transfer the money from their emergency fund to cover that on their card. I am talking about people who are like, yes, when I have an emergency, I use my credit card. I do not have any cash reserve whatsoever for emergencies. Please stop using your credit cards because if you don't have a cash reserve, Once you use your credit card, I already know it's going to take you a couple of months to pay that off, right? You're accruing interest. And if you have an emergency, you're already stressed enough. You're going through it enough. There's no reason you should have to pay extra money for the emergency. So get you a cash reserve. Now, in the last part of this definition, it says that your emergency fund is not used for for investments, 
maintenance, personal spending, or everyday expenses. I'm going to go through each one of these. Let's start with investments. Please, please, please stop using your emergency fund to, quote, invest in the stock market. Just because you think everyone else is buying it or the value is going up doesn't mean you need to reach into your safety net to invest. This includes cryptocurrency, Amazon, blockchain, Forex, and LuLaRoe. Please, no. Now, maintenance. (laughs) I got a new client earlier this week and we were talking about his emergency fund. So I asked him, what do you use your emergency fund for? And he said, nothing, unless it's an emergency. And then he said, oh, and car maintenance. Yep, and car maintenance. (sighs) I just, I, I keep saying I can't stress this enough, so I feel like I can't stress this whole episode enough. Please hear me when I say car maintenance is not an emergency. Y'all know I'm gonna say it again. Y'all know I'm gonna say it again. Car maintenance is not an emergency. I know y'all are thinking, Nikki, girl, you got to elaborate on this one. It is not an emergency because it is maintenance. Car maintenance. It is necessary to maintain your vehicle. You you have to accept that as fact. The moment you get a car or, or vehicle, it can be a car, it can be a bike, it can be a bike with the motor, it can be a scooter. It could be a lawnmower. I don't care what. It. it could be your horse that you use for transportation. I don't care what your mode of transportation is. It requires maintenance. And maintenance typically comes in cycles. So you know at some point you're going to need an oil change, new tires, new filters in your car. When you know you're going to need something, it takes it out of the emergency category. Because emergencies are the unforeseen things. I didn't know this was going to happen. I was not expecting this. I wasn't anticipating this. And if I don't do something about it right now, it is going to affect my current lifestyle negatively. That's that's how emergencies work. You get a flat tire. If I don't fix my flat tire right now, I won't be able to get back and forth to work. Or I'm going to have to get it towed and leave it somewhere. I'm going to have to pay for daily storage, right? Those are emergencies. So you cannot say that something occurring on a cycle is an emergency. Something that you know you're going to need is an emergency. So take car maintenance out of your emergency fund spending. Now, on to personal spending. Sometimes we just really want something. Like we see it, we want it. And it might even have a really good deal going on oh it's 50 percent off it's 10 percent off i can get two for five i can get four for eight like (laughs) there might really be a good deal going on your emergency fund is not for this i'm I'm just slapping you with the words today your emergency fund is not for this and i hope everyone feels personally attacked you have to work on delayed gratification and patience and i talk more about this on season two's episode one um, of the podcast so go listen to that episode after this let me just let me just say you're going to get so good at having an emergency fund and budgeting for your spending money that you won't need to transfer money from your emergency fund because you really want to buy something you'll start to get really good at that um and, and over time right it takes time you need to work up toward that but 
you see something you want it this is not the moment where you need to be transferring money between accounts i've had so many people hit me up like oh my gosh i feel like i'm transferring money every couple of weeks right or every couple of days you will get good enough where you won't need to transfer that money anymore so if you are thinking oh i just want to buy this real quick i'll put the money back yeah if you have the discipline but for most of us we're not there we're not there and then we go from buying one thing to two things and now before we know it we've spent more in our emergency fund than we needed to and the last thing that i mentioned in that line is your emergency fund is not for everyday expenses that means your emergency fund is not for gas it's not for netflix and it's not for your water bill those are things that should all have a line item in your budget so now that I told you what you shouldn't be using your emergency fund for, it's like, Nikki, what should I use my emergency fund for? Emergencies, emergencies that you cannot afford because there will be times when your buffer can cover the cost of an emergency fund. And we've talked about having a buffer before. There will be times where your buffer can cover the cost of an emergency that might be $75, $100, $200, and you're just like, oh, you know what? I have that money in my account. Let me just, I didn't got to touch my emergency fund. Let me just pay for it. There'll be other times where your budget just has extra money in it. And you can use that to cover the cost of an emergency. So yes, use your emergency fund for emergencies. Things like a flat tire, your AC goes out, your heater goes out, you get sick, etc. Now let's talk about where you should keep your emergency fund because every time i say this people have a whole revelation they're like wait that makes complete sense not in your checking account not in your checking account we're not going to keep it there um i don't care what anyone says don't keep it in your checking account where you are debiting the money out to spend or to pay bills do not keep it there if you're not in a position to open a bank account then make sure you're keeping your emergency fund in a safe space that only you can access when i was little i would put money under my mattress forget it was there but <laughs> that was my safe place and no one ever bothered it not even me <laughs> so if you have a bank account and you have your emergency fund in one put it in a high yield savings account i highly recommend using alibank a-l-l-y um, I don't know if it's Ally or Ally. I like to call it Ally. Um, I highly recommend you use Ally Bank. Ally has the buckets feature and the interest rate for Ally is also increasing on high yield savings accounts. So consider Ally. And I talk more about this in episode six of this season. So to get all the details on what a high yield savings account is, how you can get one, etc., check out episode six. Really good information. Now, the most common question I get and I recently got this question during my uh, TikTok live I did a few days ago is how much money should I have in my emergency fund? Now, I recently answered this question in one of our new business segments. So you may have already heard this, but let's just get a little more detail oriented, shall we? <laughs> you don't want to overwhelm yourself in the beginning. If you have no emergency fund whatsoever, you want to start with setting your goal at $500. And $500 can honestly cover quite a bit of emergencies but depending on how much money you make and how many expenses you have what they total you could save this amount this month in July or you can save it by next month August or it might take you until Christmas if you don't have $500 in your emergency fund though right now 
I recommend that you get rid of as many expenses as you can for the next couple of months in order to save $500 as quick as you can. A good amount of expenses can be covered by that amount. And I feel like if you guys are not having that emergency fund at least at $500 right now, you could be using some of the money for your necessities, like for some of your bills, in order to cover emergencies. And you don't ever want that kind of stress in life where you're trying to decide, do I pay for this bill or do I cover this emergency? So we need to immediately get $500 into that account so that way you've got a little bit of cushion. And if you do have some kind of emergency, you're not, you know, stressed trying to choose between bill or emergency. Um, once you get your $500, you then want to work your way up to $1,000. Once you hit $1,000, then you can work uh, some of your expenses back into the budget. From $1,000, you want to strive for one month's worth of expenses. And you can break that down into smaller goals throughout the year. So, um your ultimate goal is to have six months worth of expenses, not income, in your emergency fund. And you can work your way up to having a year's worth of expenses if you bout that life. Now, two things. Um, when it comes to breaking your one month's worth of expenses into smaller goals, make it a monthly goal. So once you hit the $1,000, let's say your monthly expenses come up to $3,000. Okay, your goal is to add another 2000 into your emergency fund. So break that 2000 down into something you can afford monthly. If you can afford $200 or $250 or $500, that's what you're going to put in your emergency fund every month until you hit that $3,000. And then you'll move on from there. You go from 3000 to 6000 to 9000. And I mean, you know, if you if listen, if you bought that life, you'll have $36,000 in your emergency fund that you're not investing or using for anything else. You don't want to have too much money in your emergency fund. And I know that might sound a little crazy, but $36,000 can be a lot to have in your emergency fund, but it may not be depending on your lifestyle. And I might have to make a different episode for that because I want you guys to understand not to focus on your not to focus on your emergency fund for, you know, 10 years, but then you never shift that money toward investing, right? Or shift that money toward buying a home or something else. So you want to make sure that you're not hyper-focused on your emergency fund for years at a time. Like, oh, I'm only putting money in my emergency fund for the next 10 years, and then I'll have $50,000 in my emergency fund. You definitely want to have some balances there. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is notice I'm not saying you need months worth of income, but you need months worth of expenses in your emergency fund. The difference here is your income may be $3,500 a month, but because we live below our means, our expenses may only be $3,000 a month. So you want to save the amount of your expenses not your income. Now, some of us don't have emergency funds or our emergency fund is really small because we don't know how to build them. And it can be challenging and a little tricky at first. So the first thing you're going to do is set a goal. And I've already given those to you guys, $500, $1,000, one month's worth of expenses, etc. Next, you want to create a deadline for that goal. If you're working on the $500 goal, your deadline is no later than September of this year. By September of this year, everyone in the BGB community should have at least $500 in their emergency fund. 
at least. If you're working on the $1,000 goal, your deadline should be no later than December. So by the end of 2022, everyone in the BGB community will have at least $1,000 in their emergency fund. This needs to be a line item in your budget every single month. The amount of money you put in can change from month to month because we live below our means though, we are going to use that extra money in our budget to fund our emergency fund. So using our example earlier, if we make $3,500 every month and our expenses come up to $3,000, we're going to put that extra 500 into our emergency fund this month. And in August, we're going to do the same thing. Boom, we've hit our first two goals, $500 and $1,000 in our emergency fund. If you need help with creating a strategy and purpose for your emergency fund, or if you need help budgeting for your emergency fund, go to the Black Girl Budget website, click work with me and schedule a budget review. We can go over your expenses, get you an emergency fund that gives you peace of mind. And that's really going to help because that's all we want. Um, I had a client who told me she was one emergency away from having to move back in with her parents. And she was just anxious all of the time, hoping that her car didn't break down or that her son didn't get sick. So if you need help with your budget, listen, the services are there. Y'all let me know. But this is good information to at least get you guys started on what we're using our budget for, how we're building them and how we're sustaining them. So let's move into new business. Like I said earlier, uh, the newsletter is on and popping, y'all. It went out yesterday morning, and I put in there two industry news stories. Both of them are about student loans, like I mentioned. But did y'all read where I talked about the refunds, though, issuing refunds? Like, not only is the debt being forgiven, but also those people are going to get refunds. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm jealous, but I'm also feeling some type of way. The second story, though, with Navient, having to pay restitution is wild. $142.5 million. Like, how much money was Navient making off of us? Because I used to have Navient. I also need to figure out if I qualify for that, for that settlement. Um, in addition, the newsletter also has the budgeting tips in there. Tip number one actually fits perfectly with this episode. Um it's like perfect timing. So use tip number one to help with your emergency fund. Um, I've honestly never thought to do tip number two, but I'm excited to share mine and I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. Uh, and then there's tip number three, which is like a favorite pastime for me. So y'all better do it. Like y'all better try and do it. And I want to see like if y'all make a video, tag me with y'all doing it because I want to see where y'all go and what y'all ultimately decide to put in the window <laughs> and lastly did y'all see the budget-friendly activity in the newsletter i already got my molds i'm way too excited about this i already got my molds and i can't wait to share the end results i'm gonna try a few different um recommended recipes so we'll we'll see how mine turn out um the website looks amazing if you guys want to submit a question for the podcast please go to the new black girl budget website click on get in touch and that page will give you like a little box where you can put in your message. And just let me know in the message that you want me to read your question on the podcast. Um, this week, I did get a few questions, but I actually want to talk about a story that I saw because there, there were a lot of things happening in this story. So I'll give you guys the summary of it. 
um there's a woman we'll call her chris and she has a friend she had a friend we'll call her jordan so chris and jordan had been friends for a few years at some point chris falls on hard times and she starts to come out of her rough patch at some point and she decides that she's going to celebrate her birthday so she made it as affordable as possible for everyone who was invited and um a few months later jordan's birthday comes around and jordan decides that she wants to go on a trip so chris did some math and said hey even though the trip is about thirteen hundred dollars by the time i add in a few other expenses it's going to cost me about seventeen hundred dollars and i won't have any money when i get back from the trip so i don't want to put myself in that kind of position i won't be able to go on the trip well Jordan got upset about that. But what stood out to me in this particular story, and there were many things that stood out in this story, like I'm summarizing it and cutting out unnecessary parts, but this story had a lot of good points to touch on. But this one stuck out to me because we talk a lot about preparing to go on trips and having the money to go on trips. But what's even more important is having money when we get home. And I know y'all are like, Nikki, what does that even mean? If you go on a trip in the beginning of the month, when you get back, you still need to buy groceries, right? You still need to put gas in your car, right? Maybe you still need to buy lunch at work. Yeah, you need to do those things. So there's no point in going on a trip and living it up. But when you get back, you're on ramen noodles for the rest of the month. And there's nothing wrong with ramen noodles. I think they might have a high sodium count, but, you know, they're very just inexpensive and affordable. So you don't want to be on ramen noodles all month because you went out on a trip and then you came home. You had no money when you got back home. So when you are planning for your trips with your groups, by yourself, with family, whoever, you need to be concerned about having money when you get back home. Like that should be factored into your trip that should be something that you just you know in the back of your mind i need money when i get back home and that's where preparation and research come into play you need to do your research and prepare for things like is it going to cost extra for your luggage on the airplane is your luggage overweight so that it is costing extra to put it on the airplane are there extra fees at the hotel or the destination that you're going to These are things that can easily eat into your budget if they aren't properly budgeted for. So then it's like, okay, well, I have to pay for the luggage and I have to pay for extra fees and maybe some taxes. And then I had to go buy. And before you know it, the budget for your trip has been spent on on day two. That budget was spent. But now you got all these extra fees and you're eating into the budget for when you get back home. So it's really important that when you're planning your trips, that you factor in additional expenses like, yeah, the trip itself is 1300 But I know for me personally, I'm going to want a new bathing suit. I'm going to, you know, get my hair done, maybe get waxed, maybe buy some new shoes. Maybe this trip calls for some specific kind of thing I need to buy. You need to factor all that in and the trip goes from being 1300 to being $2,000. Can you afford that is going to be the ultimate question. And when you get back home, are you, you know, are you going to have a sodium spike with the ramen noodles or, or not? Now, don't get me wrong. I personally love the chicken ramen noodles. So I just say I have nothing against it, but you just want to make sure that you can still afford to live when you get back home from your trip because the Instagram posts and the TikTok videos are not going to feed us.
okay <laughs> um unless you're a content creator then you know what i'm talking about but the last thing that i want to remind you guys is that the podcast is now available on google apple and amazon podcast which means you get it on audible as well so make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know when new episodes are available join me next week when we discuss another financial tool that can help us budget for today and tomorrow <laughs>